Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. everyone uh you have tuned into uh, what is probably going to be a really dull episode of the three <laughs> questions because i got a real turd on today <laughs> this guy this guy hides in ex, uh, hides in impressions because there's really nothing to him he's an empty vessel and if he's not doing a funny voice He's basically staring at a wall. That's right. It's Bill Hader, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Bill. Hi, Andy. Uh, I like to I like to introduce my guests to make them feel good. Um, so uh, I hope that made you feel good. Yeah, it made me feel great. It made me feel uh, very uh, very seen. <laughs> now, how are you? I, we're talking on a Saturday because I you're so big. Are you shooting uh, your show right now? Are you shooting? Yeah, Barry? we're sh- yeah we're shooting Barry right now. We have. Uh, about uh, two and a half more weeks of shooting. Yeah. How is it? So is it? It's been going good. Yeah. But yeah. we've been shooting since July and prepping since April. So is it one of those? A whirlwind. One of those productions where everyone's uh, worked 14 hours a day and fed only granola bars. And uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I feel very happy that we're because uh, I was a production assistant. So I've been like on those shows where you work for like 18 yeah, hour days and stuff and it stinks. And so, yeah, the. Uh, uh, Gavin Kleintop and Aida Rogers and Alec Berg and I were all very, we all started at the bottom in some place. So we're all very conscientious and try to make it like if we go anything over a 10 hour day where we kind of freak out. It makes like a huge wrong. difference. It makes a huge yeah. difference for people because I know I, I was, I went to film school. I was a production assistant. You and I have very similar uh, beginnings in show business in that way, except you actually were in LA doing it and I was in Chicago doing it. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. mean, so mine was like kind of, I mean, like my celebrities were, you know, like Mike Ditka and, and Michael <laughs> Jordan. That's who I, that's the celebrities I, I mean, that's pretty with. cool. I mean, it was, it pretty, was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty rad. But, um, <laughs> but it is, I do feel, uh, I will, you know, through I have worked with and I mean, people who are my friends who when you have to wait for four hours for some adjustment to be made. And and I yeah. have friend, very short tempered friends who have been like, what the fuck is taking so long? And I always yeah. feel like, well, you wouldn't know, would you? You had no, no you wouldn't clue. know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 
And, you know, you, yeah, you don't know what, what everyone's been through and how everyone's so tired. And, when, you know, we started out this week uh, having to be at a location at 4 a.m. because the sun had, we're, we're shooting the sun coming up. Yeah. And then by the end of the week, you're shooting a, a night scene, you know, outside. So you have to get over to nights. And we... We try not to shoot full nights. We try to make it split. So you're, which means right. you, you know, you, you show up at noon and shoot until midnight. So you do some day work, some night work. But I've done those shows. I remember being a PA on a, a movie where we did two months of straight nights, you know, and that just, it makes you insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, yeah. When I was a PA, I remember. I think there was one time when I worked 36 hours straight because yeah. of because yeah. of picking up gear, taking it to a location, prepping another location, yeah. wrapping out, you know, shooting all night, wrapping out the location and returning all the gear. And yeah. it's and it is like a lot of what's going on now. It's it's funny because it's like you don't really. At least I feel like throughout like a lot of kind of the evolution of the last 15, 20 years of kind of just politically aware, like learning not to say certain words and, yeah. you know, where you're like, oh, yeah, right. I've been saying that word thoughtlessly my whole life, but oh yeah, I can see how that would be a problem. Oh, and 100%. I, yeah. I feel like lately uh, with all the kind of talk about the, the IATSE strike and stuff, it has made me think like, oh, yeah, film production's really fucked up. Like they yeah, really is. do play yeah. on this notion that you're lucky to be here. You wanted this so bad and you know how rare it is to score a job in this industry. So shut up and do it, you know? Yeah. you. It's very easy. And I've been on those shows and I've had friends who've been on those shows where, um, you know, you could be at the mercy of, of a, whether it's a producer who, you know, uh, or a production company that's going to work really cheap and kind of do what you're describing, which mm -hmm. is um, we're going to cut costs and cut a lot of corners and do what should be probably two months of work in three weeks, you know, cause it'll save us a bunch of money uh, or something, or you're at the mercy of a director who, you know, needs their time and works 18, 19 hour days and I've done that as a PA and as an actor. Yeah. And the funny thing is, in my opinion, I go watch those movies and I'll go watch something that I know was shot <laughs> reasonable and I see no real difference. Yeah. There's never a time I go see one of those movies where you're how hard and how long the hours were. And I go, well, you know what? It really shows. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's just, you're at the, it's, um, you're at the whim of, of someone's process. Yeah. And I, I just think that's, you know, give them more. If they need more time, then they need to spend the money to, to, to add more shooting days. It's I think working anything over ten hours to me, you just stop getting good work done after yep. it's a moment. I, just, I everything everything stops working. I've always yeah. operated on the principle that, especially if you're doing comedy, if you're regardless of what ends up on film, if it's a a group of miserable fucking people who don't want to be there, odds are it's not going to be very funny. You know, I mean, there is yeah. kind of an alchemy. There's kind of a magic that needs to transfer from the fun of people making it to the fun of people watching it. Yeah. Yeah. But even like you hear like, and look, I, you know, 
I love some of Stanley Kubrick's movies, but you know, you, I remember being a film student, you know, a film, I'm still a film geek, but in my twenties, yeah, you know, this really romanticized version of these, these directors. And you would hear, you know, Stanley Kubrick did 150 takes of, uh, Shelley Duvall mm-hmm. and, uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson on the stairs. Stairs, yep. And, uh, The Shining, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to bash your brains in that scene because he wanted to get Shelley Duvall to this real sense of hysteria and all this. And yeah, we thought that was so cool. And that was being an artist and yeah. And why it was so great. And then you start doing this as a job and I've now, you know, you, you I've been in a horror, I've been in horror movies, I've been in dramas, comedies, everything. And, uh, I've seen people do, and I've seen Shelley Duvall in other movies do just that. And I'm bet it was five takes. <laughs> it's called <Yeah>. acting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that's not Kub- That's not Kubrick. That's his ego. That's his. Yep. I need that process. That's all about ego and stuff. And I right. just, uh, I, I don't. I, yeah. When when people, it's bad when people you start hearing about their process, and you know more about the process or remember the process more than the work. Yes. You know what I mean. Yeah. And so, in acting, directing, writing, you always hear that stuff. So, um, it is funny. But that said, I mean, I watched The Shining with my oldest daughter not too long ago, and I still enjoyed it. But I was mm-hmm. like, I just don't want to be on that set. <laughs> and I, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, like you said, on Take 10, I bet Shelley Duval it wouldn't have affected our enjoyment of that no. movie. I think she would have no. been fine. And we would not, we would not have that knowledge in our mind of like the fucking psychic karmic damage that that caused, especially like to Shelley Duvall, who basically kind of got ruined for filmmaking from that movie. I mean, arguably. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't understand the, as I get older and as you start doing it, you know, you'll see a great actor um, do something very similar like that. And uh, Shelley Duvall, those Robert Altman movies, I mean, three women. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, she, I'm great, great yeah. actor. Yeah. And so I, I never really, to me that, that was more like, again, it's like ego and, and yeah. stuff. Which well, the idea that you hire a capable known quantity professional person and then decide in your mind, this person needs to be manipulated and controlled yeah. and treated yeah. like a child. That's fucked up. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's, that, not, that's your, that's, that's, yeah. that's your shit. That's yeah, your yeah. shit that yeah. you're dealing with. And he didn't do it to Jack Nicholson and no, you know, and, 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 but you hear the other films, you know, he tortured uh, Malcolm McDowell on, yeah. on Clockwork Orange and, the you know and they the scene where he has his eyes open apparently yeah, he yeah. cut his eye really fucked his eyes and up, yeah. and, and Kubrick said uh, we'll favor the other eye apparently <laughs> when they're shooting it and <laughs> oh, and you go okay that's nice but it it, it I, I've gotten to a place where you hear those things and it, I go oh that doesn't affect my enjoyment of the movies you know I yeah. still enjoy those movies. Um, but I just wouldn't want to work on them. And, you know, you just don't need to like a lot of people don't like Eyes Wide Shut. I actually enjoy that movie. But I but when you hear like, oh, yeah, they'd shot uh, Tom Cruise entering a door for two weeks. Um, I, I, that's uh, that's silly. Oh, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even imagine. I, I don't know how I would do it. 
What, why did why did you want to get into show business? What what do you think was it about? Uh, I mean, just a, a quick synopsis of your childhood, like where you're from, and, and oh. what the family dynamic was, and and how oh, show business I'm, came out of that. Uh, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, uh, pretty, you know, average childhood. I had uh, two younger sisters. Um, my dad was, he did, he ran a restaurant when I was really young and then drove a truck for a bit. And then he ended up managing an air freight company. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was, uh, you know, <clears throat> was a dance teacher and, and things like that. So, I mean, sh- sh- but show business for me was, <clears throat> you know, it, 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 it was like completely unattainable. Like the idea of being involved in any way uh, in show business was like, like, you know, like saying you want to go to Mars or colonize Mars or something. It was just like this other thing. So something that people like you don't get to do. No, no. You didn't know anybody who did it. You've never met anybody who did it. Um, I remember the first celebrity I ever saw was we took a family trip to Hawaii and I saw John Larroquette by a pool and I just went, oh my God, that's the guy from Night Court. Just seeing a person who I'd seen on television, that feeling where you go, oh my God. And, um, but for me, it was always, um, liking comedy, uh, but liking all movies, you know, loving old movies uh, films. Um, and from a very young age, wanting to be a, a director, mm-hmm. you know, uh, noticing the, the name, the director in the credits and seeing how each of them had a style and noticing that from a pretty young age. So, uh, very quickly, like when I was still in high school, I would go to places where they shot commercials in Tulsa just to see how they did it and try to help out in any way. And then, uh, like what age? And then, uh, like 15. Oh, wow. Something like that. 15, 16. And then, uh, and I helped out on a couple, like, I think I, uh, worked on this one thing, you know, it's like they would shoot Philbrook museum, you know, and they would bring in like a little EPK crew and I yeah. was grabbing, you know, charging up batteries and grabbing everybody lunch and stuff like that. But I was around people shooting stuff, you know, I yeah, just thought it was yeah. so cool. And then, um, and then, uh, made little films with my sisters and friends. Uh, one of whom is a guy named Duffy Boudreaux, who, uh, uh, I've known since I was 15. And now he is a writer on Barry and producer on Barry. We've, we've been really close and now collaborate and that's been nice. But, um, then I moved to Arizona for no reason. Uh, I don't know why. Happens. I literally just it's most of the people just happens. There. Yeah, yeah. They don't know why they're there. What? Well, that's Scott's why Kim, I know Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel laughed so hard that I went out of state to go to community college. <laughs> 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 I did. I went out of state to go to Scottsdale Community College. But why? Like what was it? What was it about that? Uh, you know what college? it was? Oh, no, it was. Um, my grades were horrible in high school, and so I got. The only thing I could really go to that was film was a thing called the, the Art Institute of Phoenix. And they had art institutes everywhere. And so I went to the one in Phoenix. 
because uh, I was like, well, it's closest to L.A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't care about grades. So I went there, and then a friend of mine there said, hey, I'm actually taking classes at Scottsdale Community College, and they're shooting film. They had all these Airy BLs, and they had flatbeds, and they also had a couple of Avids. And this is like 1997. Yeah. So that was like really cool and high tech. And this before, this is back when video looked like video. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I went up there and I, I shot some short films, met some friends who I'm still friends with today. And we, we moved out to L.A. Uh, June of 1999. And, and that, how, much, how much of, of this, what, what component of this drive to do this and this desire to do this is being a performer? Or, or is it factoring in that much at all? Not, not, uh, no, it was never about being a performer. Being a performer came about very kind of by accident. I mean, I was in a couple of plays in high school, but that was mostly because my high school girlfriend was in the plays and it was a way for us to hang out with each other. And then, uh, and then, um, and then I started, I took classes at Second City LA, um, this is before UCB or any, it was Second City LA and- um, The Groundlings. And the Groundlings, which had a wait list for like a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to take classes there. And then uh, IO, um, which was on Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so, yeah, I went to classes there, did shows and things like that. And, and it was solely was that- as a way- to shore up your directing? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. It was solely just to be like, oh, I'll meet some actors here and we'll make like short films and stuff like that. And then- um, Get laid. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, no. I was I was like, hi, everyone. No, I, I've, yeah, I've always had like a girlfriend. So it was always like, I'm going to meet, uh, you know, actors and make stuff. And then, um, and then it became more about like, well, why don't you be in this stuff? Um, no offense, Bill, but you're, you know, we'd rather you were in it instead of shooting it. And then, um, and then, um, and then I got really lucky. Megan Mullally saw me at a show and said, you're really funny. I'm going to tell Laura Michaels about you. And that's, I mean, I was, I was working as an assistant editor on Iron Chef America. Wow. And Lindsay Shookus called me and said, well, La- Laura Michaels would like to meet you. And I had no manager, no agent, no it's the story I've never that, been like, paid to perform. Never I've been, never paid, been to perform. paid to perform. Wow. And that's why I'm the story that is why actors hate me. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's like other I, reasons. I, there's it's other not just reasons your they origin hate you. Story. Yeah, they hate you for so many. I mean, look at you. <laughs> Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hi, I'm John Lovett, host of Love It or Leave It. Every week, I'm joined live on stage by incredible guests to break down the biggest and dumbest stories in politics and pop culture. And now, because there's too much news for just one show, join me and my friends, also known as beloved producers who have to be there, every Tuesday for a rundown of the latest headlines to help get you through another flawless week in our perfect society. Listen to episodes of Love It or Leave It wherever you get your podcasts, or catch the funniest moments on the Love It or Leave It YouTube channel. Can't you tell my loves are growing? So then I met Lauren and and auditioned and and then through that got a manager and agent and stuff and then wow yeah I had a friend who went to Africa for like a couple of months and when he left I was an assistant editor and when he came back I was like oh I'm moving to New York I'm uh, I'm on Saturday Night Live <laughs> he was like what. <laughs> <laughs> wow you should pay that guy to go to africa every every few years i know i know, you know? god it worked out great you'll win an oscar but i what but the thing was though when i got to Saturday Night live i ended up working with these people that had much more experience than i did and writing sketch comedy still was never like something that i was very good at i think i was good at being in the room and saying oh i could do this or do that but I very much needed writers, yeah. you know, whereas like the crew I came in with, uh, Andy and Sudeikis and Kristen and uh, Colin Jost and, you know, the Lonely Island guys, Brian Tucker, all these people um, were all really uh, solid writers. Mm-hmm. You know, they could write their stuff. Fred could write stuff. Fred Armisen could write his own stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I ever turned my computer. My, I don't know if I ever opened like the, the, you know, the program to write the scripts on my computer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was always, yeah, John Mulaney or Simon Rich or someone like that, you know, Matt Murray, yeah, you know, uh, America Sawyer, you know, people like that. I needed I, help. I was, just, I was the same way on the Conan show where like whenever I wrote something, because I would sit in and, you know, yeah. I mean, and most of my writing on that thing was just being there and going like, this needs a new ending. What if we did this? And then. You know, like well, saying you, you, it and someone else would write it down, you know. Well, I remember and this is I remember watching a documentary on the kids in the hall. And there's a thing where they did a bit on Conan. Where and they're trying to figure out and you're in there and you go, oh, you know, what could happen. And it was uh, them getting like beaten up or something on Conan I, or someone. It's, coming oh, it's in like and, they have a fake baby doll and they toss yeah. the baby to security. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They toss baby to security. But I remember Kevin McDonald getting hit in the back of the legs and yeah. falling. But it was so cool for me to see that going, Oh yeah, that's how it is. Just like, you know, you're just, it really is like, there's, it's no different than my friends when I, we were around the lunch but we were eating lunch at a cafeteria in high school and yeah. it's the same kind of fucking around and, and 
trying to get out of your head. That was the bigger thing at SNL. I was like, okay, Tuesday night, you have to have something. You have to write something. Yeah. And it took me forever to just get out of my head and relax because that's when the good stuff comes. But when you're like, all right, I have to have something, you know, it always came out very forced and, you know, shitty, you know, for for a long time. I mean, I was very, uh, oh, uh, Rob Klein and John Solomon are two writers that my last season just, I mean, those guys, they wrote this uh, ventriloquist, uh, uh, this puppet sketch about a guy Mm -hmm. in a puppet class. And they wrote uh, this other sketch where I was this very kind of, uh, feminine firefighter who's screaming at somebody and there's sketches that people still come up and talk to me about. And I'm like, that is, that's, those are, I mean, it was just John and Rob being like, we want to see Bill do this, do this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But so much of that takes time. You have to kind of get, everybody has to know each other. I mean, that was, I was there for eight, eight years by that point, you know, but yeah, when I came in, I just remember going to, uh, UCB and watching ASCAD or something and seeing all those people up there performing and just doing improv and was like, Oh my God, I am. Yeah. Someone's going to tap me on the shoulder and be like, what are you doing here, man? Yeah. When, Get out of here. Um, <laughs> were you like, were you funny in your house? I mean, how did, how did your family react when it's like, wait, what? Like they knew you wanted to be in production. Filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't know. I mean, were they surprised or were I mean, or were they like, oh no, he's always been pretty funny and it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, they I think they were like, yeah, you're I've always been pretty funny. Um you know, I've always been like a combination of like funny and like amiable and then but also another side of me is very kind of uh uh shy and and hyper um you know, stressed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think they were, I think it was a combination of like, Oh, that makes sense. That's like live television isn't the worst environment for him. <laughs> like he's going to be, he's going to be a basket case. Yeah. You but, know? I mean, I'm sure that you figured out after a while, it is like most performers are like a, a, a hilarious combination of need it, hate it. You yeah, know, like, yeah, like yeah. need it. And then yeah. also like I'm terrified by it. And yeah, you know, I, I can't stand rejection, but I'm going into the most rejection filled eclair of a business yeah. I can find. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It, for me, it was, it, for me, it was a thing of like uh, the charge I got was creating a thing and seeing it to fruition. Mm-hmm. But because I was this movie fan, it had to be, have the, precision of of that and that, yeah. th- that's what i enjoyed and i think especially stand-ups and and sketch i mean the whole what's fun about it is it it kind of having a shaky landing or being loose and strange and this part worked and this part didn't work and 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 having that confidence of moving with that i would just uh rehearse something to with an inch of his of his life just because i just it, it had to land it perfectly and that and that caused a lot of stress. So the um, I was never someone that was like, oh, man, I need the that audience thing, you know, yeah. that, that uh, audience uh, approval. It was more like I needed to be able to have an idea and and land it perfectly. And like yeah. and if it was like ninety nine percent perfect, I would 
lose my mind. <laughs> I would just uh, be like, I failed. You and know, this and, is, you're and, talking about yeah. in SNL. This is at yeah. SNL. Yes. Yeah, yeah. At SNL. And that, and that by season four, that was when Lauren Michaels pulled me aside and said, Hey, you can work here as long as you want. You really need to relax. You know, you're just really keyed up. And then I've now seen other people now that I run a show, uh, like I've seen people in the same position, yeah. whether it's an actor or someone on the crew or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I know that I see that where it's, you're putting a ton of pressure on yourself and, and, um, it doesn't, I'll help. say it doesn't help. And I'll say like, dude, I've been there. You just got to breathe and, and, and accept that it's no, it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. You know? So, and now the irony is that I think some people, Oh, now he's going to, you know, you're, you're directing stuff. It's going to have this, you know, that OCD thing or whatever the hell it was. And uh, and I don't because SNL knocked that out of me. Oh, that's great. Good. That's really. Yeah, 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 I'm much more relaxed of like, OK, that now that's a different thing. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it was great for me in that case of, of uh, relaxing. And um, and the biggest thing SNL taught me was how to uh, make uh, have a clear idea and make very clear, dis, you know, decisive decisions and sticking to it because you just didn't have time. Does you know? that, does that, um, yeah. I mean, but yeah, that's, I always said the Conan show was, uh, laying tracks for a train yeah. that you could hear coming, you know, like you don't have yeah. time, you don't yeah. have time to worry. Like, is this great or not? And I mean, and there were oh, people like Robert, Robert, Robert Smigel is it like, oh, a, yeah. yeah, an amazing perfectionist and would be yeah. literally sometimes editing, still doing editing tweaks on the piece as the band is playing oh, the fucking yeah. intro music yeah. and they would feed it into the show yes. from the edit bay. They couldn't even get it to the control room. Yes. And, yeah. and that was, I, I mean, to me, even, you know, in my, cause I learned so much from him. Uh, that seemed to me like, I don't feel like that's probably efficient, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, that we has would... a diminishing return, you know? Yeah. We would have writers like that at SNL. Uh, or one writer, I was playing um, Charlie Sheen when he had his kind of like meltdown during the whole like yeah. tiger blood thing. And it was a cold open and I was so anxious. I was like shaking and oh my God, it's a cold open. Initially it was just a sketch and now it's a cold open. And, um, and uh, it was like, all right, here we go. One minute, 30 seconds. Everybody's getting quiet. 20 seconds. 10 seconds. And the writer walked up to me and goes, do you want to do the tiger blood joke? Or should we not do it? Oh, <laughs> and I just went, I go, get away from me. <laughs> He's like, I can, he goes, I can still cut it. It's in the last half of the sketch. And I was like, get away from me. Get away from me. I'm, 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 I'm going to attack you. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to like, you can't ask me that. Yeah. Like, I'm radioactive. I'm radioactive. Because, yeah. you know, in their mind, it was like, well, we can always shift this around. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, know? not now. Not yeah. now. We're done. Do you think that 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 sort of acceptance of the. The imperfection of things and and possibly the the imperfection of things being the desired outcome, d did that bleed over into your personal life, too? Or is that just like like, do you feel like yeah. that, that experience helped you kind of accept life? Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's a thing that happens where you, 
you know, you, uh, when you're younger, I mean, it's kind of a thing everybody talks about, but it's true. And then it's really annoying when it's true is that you, you are a bit more like I was saying, especially when I was talking about this Kubrick stuff is you romanticize stuff and you're very kind of idealist. Um, and then as you get older, life gets very much more complicated and then you realize stuff about yourself that you didn't know. And you realize how much, you know, the, something you thought you weren't, you are, you know, or whether it's, yeah. uh, I'm not a, I don't know. Uh, like I, I never really considered myself an anxious person. I always thought mm-hmm. I was pretty laid back, you know, and it wasn't until, you know, someone's, I think you need to go to a therapist because I, you, I think you have an anxiety disorder. You know what I mean? That you're kind of going, no, I, I don't like, what, yeah, what? what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just, I just haven't slept for three days yeah. because I have to yeah. do a live show, you know, or whatever it is. And, um, where I remember having, um, feeling like I had the flu and I would go, Oh my God, I have the flu. I don't know what's going on. I went to a doctor and they were like, that's anxiety. It's like, it's, a, you know, it, it's like it knocks your equilibrium off and all this, you know? And, and, um, so it's like, yeah, life gets a little bit more interesting. Your relationships, um, you just, I think it's just trying to live like a more honest life and you are kind of more accepting, like you're saying of it's weird. It's this weird combination of being more accepting of, people, but then at the same time, having less time for other people (laughs) who are just like, that's bullshit. I I just don't, where I I used to be like, oh, meaning like, you know, my twenties and thirties, you would get into spirited, you know, arguments about stuff. And now I just, I just don't have the time or the inclination for it yeah. where I'm just kind of like, I'm never going to change your mind. You're never going to change I my have, mind. I, I can't, I can't get involved in this. I'm just, yeah. I just kind of go, Oh, okay. That's how yeah. you are. This I don't want to have a heart feel, attack. This just makes me feel tired. Yeah. 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 I just get tired. But then at the same time, you know, I have children and it's like, I want them to have better tools than I had at, you know, I can, you know, there's, I worked on it, but I could be very like defensive and, yeah. um, you know, or, or, uh, you know, not hearing people immediately assuming something, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I could get, I can get into a thought cycle and then you have to go, is that really what even happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Or is my anxiety and freaking out about it? Now this person slighted me in this way and blah, blah, blah. And then it takes someone else to go, that that didn't happen, man. Yeah, that's not what I saw. It's not, that's not what I saw at all. And you're like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I need to just breathe. Yeah. And listen. <laughs> and calm think- the fuck down, you know? Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Can't you tell my love's a growing? Now, I mean, and then to kind of book in the other question, do you think that the coping mechanisms that you found in your personal life then help you in your professional life? Like that these kind of like the, the, the you know, helping you sort of create a more whole, calmer life also makes you create a more, a whole, oh, more calmer, yeah. more elevated work. Well, what it does, at least for me, was the more I, you know, whether it was like for me, therapy, you know, I take medication, I do, I do, uh, uh, ayahuasca. uh meditation. I do ayahuasca. <laughs> I sacrifice, uh, various animals. Yeah. I steal things out of neighbor's yards <laughs> and I put in other neighbor's yards. Mm. I like to, I like to pull the thread of society. No, sure. um, yeah, but no, I, uh, I do TM. I meditate. Okay. All these things that kind of like, it's just acknowledging like, oh, this thing that is a part of your personality is kind of like hurting you. Um, which is weirdly what Barry's about. It's a thing that you kind of feel like, oh, this is a natural part of me. That's also hurting me. Yeah. And, uh, but in doing that, you can like, I could concentrate more on the uh, work and I'm, I'm much more clearer with what I'm trying to do and, uh, accepting what happens. And, and therefore I'm much more confident because you know, it's not, uh, as people, as the world, as politics, all these other things, it's all imperfect. And at the end of the day, it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So you should kind of be able to do whatever you want. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, oh, I thought, you know, this episode of Barry or this relationship with this person or whatever was going to be this. But now it's this. Do I like that or not? You know, or how going to, you know, I'm going to move on, you know, and just yeah. move forward and not taking it in this personal way, which is... uh which is hard. And it's a thing. It's the same thing. Like they, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's, it's like a, uh, you know, I learned like the thing with anxiety and, and depression and these sorts of things. It's like, it's a thing that comes, but it also goes. And it's a thing you're always like dealing with. Yeah. So it's like the biggest thing that helped me with that stuff was, and how it helped in the work was, um, acknowledging that and knowing that when you fight it, you make it worse. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of like this weird acceptance. It's yeah. like, uh, so whether it is like you're saying, like interpersonal relationships or work or whatever, and something goes horribly wrong or something you're freaking out about, the minute you try to fight it, it becomes stronger. Yeah. But when you just kind of, there's a Buddhist thing of like, um, you, you take the narrative out of it. 
which I like. So oh, I'm so stressed out because uh, uh, this person, I found out this person lied to me. So I'm angry and stressed. And so if you just take out the narrative and go, I'm angry and stressed. And then you just kind of sit with that. It kind of will dissipate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. like I use that in work and in life, you know, but I don't. But again, I don't want it to sound too like um, uh, like a like this really hardcore lifestyle thing. It's a thing that's like free flowing, you know, some, yeah, some yeah. situations you don't do it in and you go, Oh fuck, I gotta right. go, you know, right. Everything and is also like, you ma- and you make you know. mistakes and you, fa- you, you fall back and you realize, Oh shit, I'm doing that thing that I've told myself for literally decades. Don't do that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I find myself doing that where like I got all this, all these fucking rules I've made. And they're not even like necessary rules. It's, I mean, that sounds kind of too strict, but just like, okay, you know, you've learned a lot this, to avoid these kind of situations and to avoid doing this. And then I'll be like, oh shit, I just fucking did it. And, you know, whether it's like allowing somebody to take advantage of me or, you know, uh, you know, allow me to feel powerless or something. You know, it's, it's, it, you can't, I mean, one thing I've been working on a lot, a lot uh, lately (laughs) is, uh, is talking nice to myself. Yeah. yeah. After a, a lifetime of being you stupid, fat fucking idiot. Why don't you fucking, you know, stop doing these things and realizing I mean, I said it to somebody on this podcast not long ago. If some if somebody wants me to do something, if they talk kindly to me, I'll do it. If, yeah. they, talk, if they talk mean and shitty to me, I'll say, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm not going to do that. So yeah. it's, I was trapped in a cycle of that, of being like my own bad boss. That then yeah. I'd like, be like yeah. I, oh, right. I know I should be more efficient and, and productive, but fuck you, buddy. The way you talk to me, I'm not doing a thing, you know? Yeah, Um, it's true. It's funny. It's funny just like the dynamics you have with people because then it's like, you know, it's like some of my closest friends and the people you know for a while, the ones you could be brutally honest with in a fun way and you can be, you know, hard on each other, but it all comes out of love. And then there's other people I've known forever and there's no way in hell you could do that because they're too sensitive. Yeah. Right, right. And then there's people that I can, they can do that to me and I'm not sensitive, but then another person will do it to me who I've known the yeah. same amount of time and I'm way too sensitive where I'm like, well, what yeah. does that mean? Wait, did I yeah. do, wait, what did I do wrong? You know, uh, you know, I have a friend that's, their impression of me is always going, wait, what? What? Wait, what did I do? Wait, wait, are you mad? Wait, are you mad at me? Like, I jump to wait. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad? Like so fast? Yeah. But uh, you know, and and then yeah, you just it's a. Uh, Is that born in you, yeah. or do you think that comes from somewhere? I don't know, man. I, yeah, it might be. I mean, it's funny thing. It's like when you go back home, you see it not just in family, but just where you're from. I mean, yeah. people in Oklahoma are very like, uh, you know, it's like the minute you get off the airplane, it's just someone going, sorry, you know, (laughs) just the minute you exit the airplane, it's just very, uh, non-confrontational. Yeah. Don't want to rock the boat. 
non-confrontational, but you know, they're still mad. You know, there's still, it's still that, you know, that Midwestern passive aggressive thing. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, you just try to, you know, it's weird. It's like everything, some the things you used to get really riled up about, I don't anymore. I kind of go, oh, yeah. it doesn't really matter. But now there's these newer things that, yeah. that get you more right, right. riled up about. And then hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, I'll be like, ah, oh, that was so weird. I got mad about that shit. Yeah. Now I have this yeah, new yeah, yeah. shit that I'm mad right. about. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, it's always rinse, something. Rinse and repeat until you're in the grave. You yeah, know, yeah. Next stop, yeah. death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next stop, uh, death. Uh, well, speaking of the future, <laughs> death, um, is it, what are you most excited about in your future? I mean, what do you got coming forward that you're like planning for? And I mean, you know, long term doesn't have to be work. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I've gotten to this place when, with, you know, with, you know, as a young person, always wanting to be a director and a writer and then this circuitous, really amazing you know, going through comp, you know, performing SNL movies and, and learning so much along the way to now where I'm able to do it with, with Barry. Um, it is this nice feeling of trusting your instincts. And then, uh, and, and I mean, in in an actual way, it's like hopefully being able to make a movie, um, maybe one that I'm not even in, you know, just making Mm -hmm. a movie, but um, but also just, you know, for the f- future is kind of like what we're talking about is is um, knowing yourself, understanding all the, the bad shit and the good shit of yourself and just acknowledging it and saying like, OK, look, I could in this situation, I can be very sensitive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to calm down or in this sense, I can be very defensive and I'm you know what? I acknowledge that. So. Let just be aware of it. You know, I'm not going to change necessarily. Yeah. I could just be very hyper aware of it, or I can get very anxious in a situation of you know whatever. And so it's just knowing yourself and and knowing like I could be directing an episode of Barry that is like you know we you know doing s- stunts and there's all this stuff going on and everything. I'm totally calm, but. Then I, I have to go to the airport by myself, you know, <laughs> I'm a wreck. <laughs> the idea of missing a flight to me makes me completely insane. <laughs> right, right. I'm one of those people, I'm there like two hours ahead of time. Yeah. I don't care when they like, hey, the flight's been delayed an hour. I'm like, great, I'm here. You're right. You know, right. I'm just, I, I, for, you know, and you just like, it, you know, it used to be a thing that people would say and, and you, I don't do that. You know, you get grumpy and it's like, no, I am that guy. I'm, I'm yeah. a little, I'm a, I'm a pain in the ass. I'm, I'm saying like the most, you know, whatever, lighthearted things on the spectrum. Right. Of these no, things, I know what you, know? you mean. But, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's just acknowledging those that thing about yourself and just saying like, well, I get like this where it used to be like, you know, I'm not like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm calm as shit. Look at me. Yeah. 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 And they're like, dude, your face is fully, you're sweating. Like, well, the first time <laughs> I was on Conan, I had a full blown panic attack backstage. Really? First time I was on Conan, full blown panic attack. Yeah. I was in my dressing room 
But Mark Lepis uh, was a publicist at SNL and, and I just couldn't breathe and sweating. Cause I'm like, I've been watching this show since I was 15 and I, I'm about to be on it and I'm yeah. a second guest and, and seeing, you know, Conan, you guys saying the well, next time we got Bill Hader. And it was just like, but, you know, come right after this. And they come and they're like, all right, let's take you back there. You know? And I just went, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then after that happened, Mark going, Hey, are you okay, man? Was everything okay? I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? What was okay? Yeah, I'm fine. What do wow. you, what, what's wrong? Are you, is something wrong with you? Yeah. Fuck you. Know? you. <laughs> yeah. Me, fuck, you're not you. Me. What do you mean? fuck you. What yeah. do you mean? No, I just, <laughs> you just vomited all over yourself. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Maybe this? you vomited all over yourself. <laughs> I bought this shirt like this. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is a new shirt, asshole. It's all the rage. <laughs> it's it's like, called a Carrots and Peas. It's a new designer line. You know this. You know this. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is a thing where you, you can be in denial about that shit. And then you yeah. go, all right, all right. Is that kind of, the, you know, this podcast, it's the what have you learned? Is that sort of what you think that, you, you know, you've learned the most of is self-acceptance? Yeah. Self-acceptance for me personally was about uh, anxiety and 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 uh, depression and but mostly anxiety um, and, and accepting it and, and learning to work with it and everything just you just be able to breathe easier because you yeah. just know it about yourself, yeah. you know, and you go, oh, that's what that is. And just yeah. saying that makes it easier. Yeah. Where before you would blame it on something else or you just wouldn't acknowledge it. Yeah. For some reason, you know, and uh, so, yeah, acceptance. And, and then it's nice, too, because then you you talk to like a family member and say, oh, this and they go, well, yeah, I do, too, man. What you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, relate, we're related. <laughs> right, right. Well, Bill, you're the best. Thank you so much for taking some time oh, for us today. I appreciate no it. I don't know how, how, how valuable your time is. And oh, uh, thanks, man. No, and, I, I, yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. This is all awesome. right. And I'm sure that probably being on this podcast will make a big difference. You're this. The people will probably start watching Barry now. I hope so. Jeez, man, <laughs> that would tired, be nice. Tired of howling so tired. in the wilderness. I know. I'm so sick of people going like, hey, are you on a show called Brian? <laughs> no. It could be. If you want it. Uh, whatever you want. Whatever yeah. you want. What do you want? You want Brian? You want George? I'll do whatever you want. Sean? I'll call whatever you want. Will you watch? <laughs> All right, Bill. Thank you All so right, much. Man. And uh, and uh, let's get together soon. I'll see you soon. Yeah. All right, okay. buddy. All right. See and you. thank you all out there for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of uh, Los Trace Questiones. Got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producer is Jen Samples, supervising producer Aaron Blair, and executive producers Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. Can't you tell my love's a growing? Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, 
We have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.